I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Good morning and welcome back to the Katie's podcast. Welcome back. It's been a whole week. <laughs> it's been two weeks, our time. Two weeks, our time. Yeah. One week, your time. Feels like it's been a long time. It does. Maybe that's just me. But it's probably just us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so crazy. It's been like eight years. <laughs> We've had some busy, some busy weeks. Yeah, so. busy weeks. But we are heading into some really exciting stuff. But before we get into that, we just had a giveaway that we want to talk to you guys about because it was so fun to do and it was just so exciting and congratulations Michaela. We love you Michaela. Thank you for listening and being so encouraging and supportive of this podcast. We just are so grateful for you and it was really so fun to watch people share and comment and tag their friends and stuff like just to see people even some of you so kind in your stories just talking about what this podcast has meant to you and we're just so blown away by this little this little community we're carving away in our little corner yes. of iTunes and Spotify and wherever <laughs> yeah. you're listening. So we really do love you guys. I know we say it all the time, but it's true. It is true. You guys really are always just so encouraging. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's sweet to see your feedback and talk to you in person about, you know, whatever this is bringing about in your heart. It's truly encouraging. It's yes. just cool. But before we get into the meat of today's episode, Kenny Hill, I have a question for you. I <laughs> Might have an answer. What is something you are looking forward to that's coming up in your life? What is something yeah. you're holding on hope for? <laughs> holding on that's to a good, hope for. That's a good question. We were talking, we were like, you know, our weeks have kind of been hard. So yeah. let's, let's talk with hope. Let's be forward yes. thinking right now. And two things actually that come to mind right away. One is that Will and I are going to be going to a marriage retreat that our church is hosting in a couple of weeks. And, um, it's going to be our first nights away from our baby, which is really so crazy. kind of nerve wracking and exciting, but also just we're, we're excited. We're excited to be filled up a little bit and work on us and, you know, it's going to be a good time. And also we just get to see so much family in November, mm-hmm. family from out of town, Will's grandparents from out of town, my brother and sister-in-law. Uh, it's just going to be so good to see everybody and get to spend some extended time and we're really looking forward to it. That's so sweet. I love times like that where it's like, I just get to see all my family. Yeah, well, and I mean, it's great. The holidays are yes. quickly upon us, which is just yeah. my favorite, favorite, favorite time of year every Me year. And it happens too. so quick. So anyways, KDJ, <laughs> what are you looking forward to? Um, honestly, so our young adults ministry is having a retreat and I am stoked for it. It's yeah. exactly one week from today. We're yes. going to be leaving and I'm so, so excited. It's going to be good. We haven't gotten to do one in like three years because I've of never COVID and yeah, Katie wasn't even in the ministry last time nope. we did one. So <laughs> I was a, a wee baby last time, but I'm so excited and I, I just like feel the anticipation from people and everything. So I think it'll be a really fruitful time together. And it's always good to just take a pause and, you know, worship and seek the Lord and absolutely be be filled. It's it's a good time. Absolutely. So I have the privilege of introducing what we are going to be starting and we're going to be doing for the next probably a couple months Mm -hmm. here on this podcast. And we've been really purposefully talking and praying and thinking independently and together just about what we want to do moving forward in this podcast. And we have at least some idea about what we want to do right now. And so what we want to do right now is start a series, which we Mm -hmm. haven't done yet. And I'm so excited. I'm excited too. This will be broken up with intermittent, you know, interviews and stuff throughout, but we're going to be doing a 
series on the fruit of the spirit and on walking in the spirit. What does it look like to be a believer who has the spirit working in and through their life? And so we're going to be today specifically talking about walking in the spirit, but we're going to go through one at a time, the fruits of the spirit. And we're going to talk about the kind of biblical, almost word study of what is that talking about and also counterfeits of things that we see or might believe or buy into either in Christian culture or in the world in general that are good looking, but really worthless imposters of those things. So I am really excited. I think this is going to be a fruitful time. Yes, me too. We really want to make this rich biblically, scripturally, as we always do, but specifically in this series being really intentional about packing in the scripture. We want to, we want to like exercise our hermeneutical, you know, theological muscles a little bit in the way that we prepare these episodes for you. So we're going to be putting a lot more time in. We're going to be hopefully bringing something that will add depth to your your scripture study and your walk with the Lord. And we're excited. Absolutely. A little bit more educational. It's fun. We've talked about, it's just fun on our end too, Mm -hmm. because we love this type of thing. So we're excited to dive into it with you guys. All right. So let's, let's get to it. Walking in the spirit. This is one of those things that you hear often if you're in the church or being, listening to teaching or whatever that is. And I think it's something that if you've been around the church for a long time, you sort of take for granted. It's a Christian speak that we're familiar with, but I don't know that all of us have a really fleshed out understanding of what this means. And I also think that if you're newer to the faith or just haven't thought about this before, it's sort of an overwhelming or confusing topic. And so I, today, what I really want to do, because we're specifically going to be talking about Galatians 5, I want to go through Galatians 5, pretty much the whole chapter and talk about this is kind of the like crux of Paul's argument as he's writing this letter to the Galatians, which is basically all about freedom in Christ, walking in the spirit. So let's get into it. You ready? Yes. So we're going to start in verse one and we're going to take this a couple verses at a time and then discuss and sort of break down what is happening. So it'll be a little more study format and here we go. Galatians 5 verse 1 was where we're going to start. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. So this right here is just a summary of the message of this letter. Christians are free to walk by faith in Mm -hmm. Christ. Katie, what do you like think of when you hear that? I, well, I'm just thinking of like the historical context of the day where Mm -hmm. it's like they were walking with so much legalism at mm-hmm. the time because you know they were bound to the law and so I think for them to hear that there's freedom in Christ mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about how like exciting that must have been for people to be like oh my gosh there's like we have freedom mm-hmm. like this is a this is a relationship and there's freedom in it but then I also think about the other side of maybe people who are still very much married to the law. And this is probably kind of scary. Like, oh my gosh, what does this mean? Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to jump right into that. So I'm going to read this next chunk of scripture right here. And this is, I think for verses two through six, I didn't have the specific verse numbers and the, you know, passages that I have in here, but we're going to move on saying, behold, I, Paul say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You have been severed from Christ, you who are seeking to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. 
For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. Mm. So this is where I want to kind of like take a step back and look at the context. So in Galatia, in Paul's missionary journeys, he had traveled and he had set up several churches. And the way that Paul's ministry went is he would usually start in the synagogues and then it would expand and invite the Gentiles in. And so as was a problem in many different churches that Paul was part of, there was often conflict between more legalistic Jews or Judaizers and Gentiles because, I mean, paradigm shifting, right? To go from these centuries of having the law and honestly, oftentimes misunderstanding Mm -hmm. it and the intention behind it and basing everything on perfection to then trying to shift your understanding to a Jesus, a Messiah who came to to save Gentiles. Like it was a radical shift. And so we've talked about this before, but one of the big issues that was a common conversation was circumcision because Mm -hmm. all Jews were circumcised. Gentiles were not circumcised. This was a totally (laughs) bizarre idea to anybody that was not Jewish. And so the Jews, especially specifically the Judaizers here, the hyper-legalist Jews, taught that acting according to the law earned the favor of God. So they were saying, hey, if you're coming into the way, if you're coming into this faith in Yahweh through Jesus, um, they had this misunderstanding that you had to be circumcised. You had to then abide by the law. And what Paul is saying in this passage is that this path alienates us from God, that the only real righteousness can come from faith in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when he's saying here, um, if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And, um, you know, you've been severed from Christ. You are seeking to be justified from by the law. He's not saying that if you've already been circumcised or if you choose to be circumcised, that Christ is worthless, that mm-hmm. you've suddenly like exempted yourself from salvation. But what he's saying is that uh, if we want the law to make us righteous and putting our faith in the law to save us cuts us off from the grace and the blessing of faith in Christ. And so legalism is this proud thing and faith is this dependent thing. And so what Paul's doing here is contrasting the two and saying that, you know, okay, if you want the law to make you righteous, Mm -hmm. you need to be perfect in it. But you don't have to do that because Mm -hmm. like you said in the first verse, (laughs) you can't, first of all, um, it's an impossible task, but what need do you have for Christ? Because it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Mm -hmm. And it's really just mind-blowing even in today's context to consider this, that so many people misunderstand Christianity Christians and non-Christians misunderstand Christianity as this list of morals that you live up to, to get yourself closer to God. And anyone that is acting under that is, is missing the point. They're missing the point and they're missing the freedom that is offered in Christ. And it's a half faith. It's a weak faith. And it's one that, you know, alienates us from the personal like relationship and freedom found in Christ. So um, that was kind of a lot there, but. <laughs> no, but it's, it's so good. And I think that 
I think we can get caught up. Maybe some people who haven't been in the church long or aren't super familiar with like the old, older Jewish practices. I think we can get hung up on like the whole circumcision part and be like, what in the world? This is so confusing. Yeah, and like, like very specific and honestly, bizarre. Honestly, super weird. <laughs> also like, I'm a girl. Like, yeah. uh, how does this apply to me? <laughs> yeah. But circumcision was supposed to be like this outward representation of a relationship and an inward commitment to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so we see that. And it looks different. It, right. It also visibly just set his people apart. Yes. Yeah. They were different than anyone else. Exactly. And so that was like the heart and the point behind circumcision then. And so to see them struggling with it as like a, well, I should probably be circumcised. It is showing that they fully misunderstood the heart of mm-hmm. it, even when it was instituted. Right. Even when the practice was instituted. And then to now be coming into Christianity yeah, and they're still fully misunderstanding and missing the point, I think it's easy for me to be like, what don't you get? Like, you don't have mm-hmm. to do that. And then I think about all the things that we do and some of them, it's like, wait, I, I fully miss the point too. Yes. It's like, it, it isn't the thing. It is the heart behind yes. the thing. And so Amen. I think that... Don't think too harshly about these people. We're we're very similar. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and that was reminding me. We're going to skip over the next like little couple of verses, but bringing it up a little bit, that Paul is there's there's sort of two angles to what he's talking about here. There's the angle of, "Hey, there's these Gentiles that don't know any better." And the good news is you actually don't have to worry about these things yeah. because Christ has set you free. You don't have an incomplete gospel because you missed out on the right. law. Like don't even think about it. You came, You're good. <laughs> well, yeah. And, but he, what we're going to get to is him saying like, you actually have the perfect law mm. complete in Christ because the spirit guides, guides yes. you. But on the other hand, he is being kind of hard on the Judaizers. And in the next passage that we're, the next part of the passage that we're not going to read, he's even saying like, if you then who had this law are then pushing it on other people and, uh, you know, making them feel like they have an incomplete gospel yeah. or alienating them from from yourselves. Um, he literally says, like, I wish the people that want to mutilate you would mutilate themselves. <laughs> like, he's literally saying, yeah. like, they they don't understand. There's something a lot more malicious about mm-hmm. the proud legalism than there is about ignorance that's saying, oh, shoot, do I, do I need to do this, yeah, right? Absolutely. So he is being a little bit harsher with one group than the other. But, well, yeah. you know... We, that's a good reminder to check ourselves in our attitude towards other people as well. Yeah, absolutely. Requiring something of people that just isn't even like a thing. Well, like, it's, it's a human requirement at this right. point because what Paul is saying is like, nope, Jesus actually he satisfied all of that. And if you're adding to his words, it's worthless. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe just stop and have, a, have the correct understanding. Yeah. So a couple more things about this passage we just read that I wanted to break down is as believers, we receive the full righteousness of God when we are saved. Fully righteous. There's a lot of things in scripture and in theology that are already not yet. So there's this part of us that is completely righteous and saved. And, you know, the idea that when God looks at us, he sees the righteousness and the sacrifice of Christ. So we are are covered as believers, which is crazy to think about. But also then as the spirit transforms us, we are made like Christ day by day reliance on Christ and reliance on his spirit is what makes us pleasing to God, not just our works. And so this faith in Christ gives us access to the full grace and favor of God. 
Nothing we can do will add to that fact. And one of the ways this grace is shown to be real in our lives is by the way that we love others, which is at the end of this passage we just read, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. So love is a litmus test, right? Are Mm -hmm. we loving God and are we loving people? And I was actually reading too as I was preparing for this and there's not really a good place in this passage to talk about it, but I think it applies here. Um, sin, like the actual, there's a couple different words for sin in the Bible. And the most common one is, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it. Um, maybe I'll include a link to um, the study that I was reading on this in the show notes. But sin is like falling short. It's not meeting a standard. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, going the wrong way. Like it's it's that idea. Yeah. And, you know, the standard that we fall short of is love. And it's the fact that a God who is perfect created us in his image and we are to love him fully and also to love and to honor the others around us that are created in the image of God. And so when we fall short on either of those accounts, that is sin. Yeah, That is what sin is. So um, him saying that like faith working through love is is the thing that shows the spirit like freeing us from sin, that's part of it, is showing us how to live a life that is loving and is honoring towards God and others. So anyway, we're going to move on here to verse 13 and read the rest of it. It's good. I just didn't want to discuss it in today's discussion. (laughs) So for you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So wait, wouldn't freedom lead to this like slippery slope of bad behavior? (laughs) And that's something that the Judaizers were actively teaching. They were saying, hey, this this actually isn't complete. It's not good enough because if you really think you're free, you're just going to slide into this moral depravity quickly because we're so wicked. Um, Which, yes, if you don't have the spirit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is true. But Paul argues that no, this freedom is not leading to a slippery slope. This freedom offered by Christ cannot possibly give us license to sin or to rebel because love is the guide of believers. Mm -hmm. So if you have the spirit in you renewing you day by day into this redeemed state, right, of love, uh, love does not harm. Love does not look down on others. Love does not rebel against God. Like if, if you really are someone who is filled by the spirit and walking in freedom, you know, you might have moments that you slip up, mm-hmm. but that slippery slope of like sin is just not an option for somebody who has the indwelling of the Holy right. Spirit. Even if we do slip, we're not bound to just keep slipping the whole way and mm-hmm. live an evil life with all of these evil things. Because like you are saying, we do have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who it, who gives us discernment and who, you know, as we're going to be talking about in this whole series, like he gives us these things. They're markers of the Spirit in our lives that are going to produce good works and good things and right theology and right views. And this is, again, just showing that they made it so much about the actions that they forgot that there was a relationship involved. Yeah. And it really is the relationship that calls us up, mm-hmm. that calls us out of what would be that slippery slope. Absolutely. Because if I think if these Judaizers who are so bound to the legalism of the law really just stepped into freedom without understanding the middle piece, they would have been on a slippery slope. 100%. They were the type of people that would have absolutely stepped onto that slippery slope and then been gone because they didn't understand. 
They didn't understand it with the law. They're not going to understand it with the spirit that it is about a relationship with the Lord and it's about being pleasing to him, Mm -hmm. not about the works that you're going to produce or how good of a Jew you can be. Like, that's just not the point. Yeah. And we're going to get to more of that, but the the passage here takes a little bit of a turn right here and says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. So the law shows us, it's it, the law is not worthless. The law is incredibly valuable. It shows us how love might look when yeah. lived out among our neighbors and in our communities and in the world that God has made. But when we lack love, we destroy one another. So love, on the other hand, is is life-giving and it builds up one another. And so the law here was meant to show, first of all, our inability to do this perfectly, (laughs) to show Mm -hmm. that, hey, we actually need a savior. But it also, it's a good framework. The law that God laid out that man did not add to is an excellent framework to show, hey, this is what it looks like when we love each other. So by all accounts, when the spirit is leading us and when the spirit is transforming us, our lives should look like obedience to much of what is in the law. Absolutely. Because it's it's the standard. It's the standard of love and respect and honor. But even walking out the law without love has the capacity to harm relationship and to destroy Absolutely. because, you know, love is the is the impetus behind the law. Well, then we're just having conversations with people about how horrible of a sinner they are mm-hmm. and how we're doing everything right. And when has anybody ever come to the Lord because you've told them, well, you're going to hell. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not, um, it's not an effective life to build the kingdom. And so, yeah, when we have this missing piece of that love that God gives us mm-hmm. that is put in us by the Holy Spirit, we are ineffective to do what God has called us to do, which is to grow his kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. The next verse here, we're just going to keep moving through because there's a lot to get through. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And so I had written here that the Holy Spirit is the power that changes believers from the inside out and the guide that leads us towards this moral Mm -hmm. excellence that they were in search of, the Judaizers were certain was the thing that saved. It is the power that enables us to live above either legalism or lawlessness. Mm -hmm. So it's this like razor's edge, right? Of when we are focused on works, when we are focused on the things that we do and how it makes us look and where it puts us in relationship to the Lord, um, that can lead towards legalism, like we've been talking Mm -hmm. about extensively, um, or totally valid that it could also lead to complete lawlessness and rebellion. And um, either the feeling of like, you know, I'll never measure up, so why try? Or just complete ignorance and lawlessness and depravity, right? Yeah. Without the Holy Spirit, we are susceptible to those extremes. We just are. Yeah. And so the only answer here is Jesus. The only way that we are able to not carry out the desire of the flesh is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit made possible by Jesus and that we are have full access to you through faith. So it's yeah. pretty much as simple as that, but also like the most complicated <laughs> thing in the world. Right. Hold on. <clears throat> Sorry. 
My throat was jacked up too. You're fine, mine too. I think one thing I was thinking about while you were talking was just kind of the pretty intense similarities between the lawlessness and the legalism, like the roots of those things uh-huh. being, It's you know, literally a razor's edge. Exactly. Like that divides the two. Yeah. I mean, we have lawlessness, which is saying like, well, I know better. I'm going to go off. And then legalism, which is saying I am better for knowing these things. And mm-hmm. um, it's just so, it's so crazy. I always love to think it's just amazing how we so quickly fall into one camp or the other when we are not walking in the spirit. And it's, it's hard because I feel like we keep saying the same thing, like, no, we just need to walk in the spirit. And this is what this series is going to be devoted to. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. But it is amazing. The Lord did not drop us on this earth and then peace out and say, Hey, all right figure it out Mm -hmm. like he was so gracious to leave us his holy spirit and even he's saying like it's good when jesus was ascending to heaven he said it's good that i go so that you know the holy spirit can come and what a gift yeah that we get to still walk in god's guidance but we don't have to be bound to the law that we can never actually uphold and you know sustain that lifestyle like Jesus came and he died because we couldn't Mm -hmm. and now we have his spirit to guide us because Lord knows we cannot we cannot figure this out on our own and so I think all of that to say if this feels like a big task between oh my gosh how am I going to walk the line you don't have to figure that out Mm -hmm. like you you spend time with the Lord we're going to get there this is actually what's so what's so cool is that there's there's answers and like you're saying there's a lot of us kind of saying the same thing in different ways but that's often how like arguments and complicated ideas are explained in scripture by like building on the same idea in all these different ways and so this passage goes on to say um because you know the last the last verse ended with and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh talking about the flesh and so Paul's going to talk more about the flesh and the spirit here. And he says, for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But this is the good news. If you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So there's something really comforting about this when you're reading it just in isolation, like, oh my gosh, like they're always in opposition against each other. It's impossible to do the things that I want to do. You know, this idea and other books of the Bible that are saying like, why do I do the things I don't want to do? Yeah. And I can't do the things I want to do. Same idea. But it's comforting to know that it's actually impossible yeah. to just decide to follow the law and be free from sin. So if you're sitting here you thinking can't. like, like how, okay, okay, how can I do this? How can I do this? Actually, it's impossible. Yeah, <laughs> It's impossible to decide to do these things for yourself. There's a war within us that makes it impossible and makes it so that only Jesus's death on the cross ever releases victory. And so not being under the law, like it doesn't justify sin. It points us towards Jesus as the only means for obtaining that righteousness. And so this is actually like good news. This is a burden off of our backs. Yeah. This is this is the rest that God has promised us. And it doesn't mean that we are not committed or faithful, but it just means that, hey, good news. If you're like, why can't I do the things I want to do? It's actually not up mm. to you anyways. It's about reliance and dependence yeah. and faith and He's the one who completes the work in you. So constantly checking ourselves, like if we get overwhelmed and trapped in perfectionism or if we get defeated and hopeless, neither of those things are considering that, hey, it's actually not me in the first place that's responsible for any of this in my life. Um, 
we have to be constantly pointed back to Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is something that, I mean, I know just from our conversations, both of us have Mm -hmm. dealt with a great deal. And I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, but just that idea of like always trying to figure out, okay, what is the right path? And Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to try and figure this out and I'm going to spend so much time diving into this that we forget that we literally just, we need to lean into the Lord Mm -hmm. and know his word and we will know his spirit and Mm -hmm. that that will guide us in a way that like you were saying is so restful like we we don't have to like strive all the time to be doing the right thing and all of this stuff when we are living a life that is honoring to the lord this will be the overflow of our life Mm -hmm. is the the righteousness that the law represented, mm-hmm. you know, living that righteous life without the striving and the constant having to know all the rules and follow them to a T. We get to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, yeah. which what an abundant life, yeah, you know, thank God. so much more than we could decide if we were trying to follow a law. It's, you know, we are being led by a good God and a good father. And mm-hmm. I'd, it's just, I'm hit all the time, but how wonderful it is we have such a merciful God that saved us from having to figure everything out all the time. (laughs) Absolutely. And we're going to desperately misunderstand Jesus and we're going to desperately misunderstand scripture and Mm -hmm. (laughs) what it is to be a Christian if we have the mindset of what so much of our world has the mindset of, of like quick fixes and self-help books and 10 steps to a better life and all like whatever those things are, right? We're going to miss the point. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't have standards and laws that are expressed to reveal God's intent. But this here that we're talking about is the thing that distinguishes and separates Jesus from any other prophet or teacher. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that distinguishes Christianity from any other religion. The idea that Christ was not just a man. Mm -hmm. Christ was God incarnate and that he came and left his spirit with us. First of all, conquered death, ultimate victory, like we've talked about here. Um, The only victory that we could possibly have over this condition, but also that he gave us his spirit to empower us. He did not leave and say, okay, follow these five pillars, do these 20 things, follow these rules. He didn't say that. What he said was walk by my spirit. Mm -hmm. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. He left us with the only possible help that there is. And so I just encourage you that if you are trapped in that self-help cycle, um, it's actually not biblical. (laughs) It's not biblical at all. And the way of Jesus is actually easy and light. Mm-hmm. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He is not here to burden or to oppress you. He asks big big things. Yeah. You know, he asks us to lay ourselves down and to be sacrificed. And then immediately <laughs> equips us with yeah. his spirit. Oh, yeah. The, the whole point is that it just does, it doesn't end yeah. there. It doesn't end there. And that there is hope and victory and life abundant. And if you're not living life abundant... um. This isn't a challenge to you to go figure out the 10 things you need to change right. and do differently. This is just encouraging you, turn turn to Jesus. Right. Turn to Jesus. Well, um, and so often life abundant as a Christian looks so much different than life abundant without the Spirit would look like. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that we get this 
picture in our head is like, okay, so I'm going to have stability. I'm going to have, you know, all the money that I need. I'm going to forever be comfortable. And that is life abundant. Mm -hmm. And that's not the life that God has promised us. No. But when we are walking in his spirit, Mm -hmm. we have life abundant regardless of our situation. Mm -hmm. So we could be living below the poverty line and all of this stuff, but that could be life abundant because God is good in the midst of that. Yeah. And his spirit makes it abundant. And so I think that the that whole self-help movement would say that, all right, but that's not good enough. So now here's the 10 steps Mm -hmm. like you're talking about. Right. But and there's value to discipline. The Bible talks right. about that all the time. Absolutely. There's absolutely value to discipline. It's hard to hear the spirit. It's hard to listen and be submitted if you're just constantly busy and distracted yeah. and entertained and not filling yourself with the word of God or listening or like actually listening for his voice, yeah. right? But that's not those are not the things that save you. Reading the Bible does not save you. Spending 20 minutes a morning in prayer does not save you. Yeah. Those things do not save you. Christ alone saves you. He gives you his spirit and now walk in that freedom and pursue him in obedience out of love. Yeah. Out of love. Yeah. So we got more to get through. We're going to we're going <laughs> to get through it. Um now we're going to talk about what it looks like if in that war the flesh is winning. This is what it looks like. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. So this is an extensive list. (laughs) (laughs) Of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Also, crazy that outbursts of anger are on the same list as sorcery and idolatry and, you know, envy and drunkenness and carousing. And it talks about wild parties and different translations, which are like literally pagan like orgies and crazy parties (laughs) um, that he was talking about that, hey, all of these things, even if they seem small, if these are the things that are marking your life, your life is lived in slavery to your flesh. Well, we've talked about this on the podcast before. It's that these things, while they manifest differently, it's Mm -hmm. the same heart issue of rebellion against God's structure he's put in place for us. And so, yeah, it might seem like, whoa, kind of getting whiplash here from Mm -hmm. seeing like, all right, like, yeah, no impurity. And also don't be a witch. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it's kind of like, there's kind of a lot there. There's a lot. Yeah. But it really is just, yeah, even just strife submitted, even just strife and disputes. Yeah. And constantly being in conflict with other people. Like those are signs, a life that is marked by these things demonstrates a lack of relationship with and a lack of faith in God. And, you know, like we said before, this doesn't mean that you never have moments of struggle (laughs) as a believer. You absolutely do. Yeah. But the hope is that we have righteousness in Christ and that in turning to him, in repentance, in you know, inviting the spirit to to guide us. Uh, we actually have hope in this life to mm-hmm. overcome these things. And that these things cropping up are not the same as these things being the mark of the life that you right. live. Absolutely. So it's interesting to think, and we've talked about this, but that self-reliance can lead to both harsh legalism and a life of like blatant yeah. rebellion. You know, that yeah. it, it can go either way. Like we're such... 
we're such petty creatures. Yeah, that, like, and it can go either way in yeah. a single person. It's not like, exactly. oh, well, this person's bent towards legalism, this person's bent towards rebellion. No, it, it coexists within well, us we somehow. No people like that, but yeah. we also have all had moments in our lives of wildly swinging between yes. those extremes that make no sense. Trust me, I get it. I feel like I'm a wildly swinging pendulum sometimes. I'm yeah. like, all right, I'm going to be super legalistic and whoa, this isn't sustainable. And I go right over to yeah. rebellion and uh yeah there's somewhere in the middle there I was a pleasant person to be around and, and I think then just as done. a like it's true I think there also is a way that this sort of tends to go as like a growth trajectory thing mm-hmm. too that someone is saved and they have this childlike faith and innocent joy and just the joy of their salvation yeah. right and as you kind of begin to grow and learn a little bit more uh things get a little more black and white. Mm-hmm. You start to see, oh, and become legalistic. And yeah. that like, these are the standards of, which, sure, yeah, absolutely. These yeah. are the standards. Life should look this way. But then becoming harsh and critical, imposing those things on other people, it's just a sign of immaturity, honestly, in believers. But then a lot of times we tend to kind of realize that, hey, maybe I'm not all that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I don't have it all together, which gives us grace for others. And yeah. also gracefully, mercifully, by a gift of the Lord, points us back to himself Yeah, and calibrates us again. And so it doesn't always go that way and it can go different ways at different points in our life, but it's not surprising to see that trajectory in the lives of believers. Yeah, absolutely. It's also at the end of this one, it says like the practice of such things and those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is because the active practice of such things shows that a person's life is not under God's rule Therefore, like it follows, how would they receive his kingdom? Yeah. If they're not following his rule, they're they're alienating himself from his kingdom. So just a distinction there that's important to make. And we're going to read this last part here, the last verses of the chapter, but we're not going to get into it too much because this is going to be the meat. So we talked about the flesh, but what about the spirit? Mm-hmm. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. So, not much has to be said about that. Yeah. That is the summary, the hope, the joy of what we are offered. Yeah. As this is the abundant life we were talking about. Yeah. When we say that he offers us life abundant, you can have this kind of abundant life anywhere, anytime, mm-hmm. anyhow. And doesn't mean hard things don't come. This isn't saying this. the fruit of the spirit is financial prosperity yeah. <laughs> and the life you've always dreamed of and everything you've ever hoped for. No, this is saying these things, regardless of circumstance, are what God yeah. offers freely to those who have his spirit and who walk by it. So... We have lots of good stuff to get into here. There is so much exciting conversation to be had in breaking down these specific promises and hopes of walking in the spirit of God. But I hope this conversation encouraged you today and challenged you and makes you excited for what's to come. I know. I know I'm excited. I feel like this was great foundation set and I can't wait to... Um, I can't wait to dive into all of it. I just like, I feel excited and refreshed. Me too. Uh, thinking about it. So hopefully you guys do too. Yeah, I hope so. And I, I would just encourage you as we're kind of talking about these things, maybe 
maybe take some time time to study Galatians. Maybe Mm -hmm. take some time to, you know, look into these things for yourself. But even just with this, maybe go through Galatians 5 and break down these things, think about them, chew on it a little bit. These are like complex, Mm -hmm. heavy, (laughs) heady kind of issues that, you know, require a lifetime to to understand and to digest and then again, like are only going to be fully made perfect in heaven in the end. So yeah, absolutely. Um, we love you guys. We do love you. And um, I think especially for this series, it would be really cool if you followed us on Instagram. Yeah, we're going to be doing some cool stuff. We're yes. going to be doing some cool stuff with our social media, potentially blogs coming up soon, mm-hmm. which is exciting. If I can write my little heart out. Yeah, <laughs> she's, a, she's a writer. She's a writer girl. I'm trying to be a little writing wizard, but mm-hmm. oh, sorry, that's like... Oh my gosh, we just said sorcery, Katie. The flesh has not been crucified. (laughs) No, but um, (laughs) I'm hoping to be posting scripture as we talk about this so that you can be uh, reading passages before you even listen to the podcast, whatever that looks like. I'm going to be putting out some extra content on there for you guys to digest. So it is going to be the Katie's podcast, at the Katie's podcast on Instagram. And then... Our email is thekatiespodcast at gmail.com. We've been getting emails and we we're have. so excited. We harassed you guys long enough we that you did. were like, oh my gosh, shut them yes. up. All of like the subjects on subject lines are like, because you begged <laughs> for an email. There's literally like, been some like, okay, fine. Yeah. Like, that's like, <laughs> and you know what? We'll take it. We'll take it. Hey, We're like, oh, an email. It could be the most like horrendous email and we'd be like, I just got a letter. <laughs> There have not been any horrendous no, emails though so far. They have been delightful. So, so if you want to be our first horrendous email, <laughs> if you want to bully us to where we quit the podcast, yes. email us at yes. podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Have a wonderful week, you guys. We cannot wait to tune in next week. These are going to just get better and better. So yes. we love you. We love you. Talk to you Bye. soon.